Welcome to a Pulp Event Podcast, brought to you by the PulpNet, your link to the online world of the Pulp Magazines for over 25 years. Learn more about the Pulp Magazines through articles, blogs, bibliographies, links, over 100 episodes of this podcast, and much more, at thepulp.net. In this Pulp Event Podcast, author Jim Beard, examines the multimedia appearances of Robert E. Howard's Conan the Barbarian. The presentation was part of a celebration of 90 years of the great pulp heroes. This podcast was recorded on August 3rd at Pulp Fest 2023 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. First and foremost, thanks to Pulp Fest for their continued faith in me to do these. Um, that I, I'm really honored and thrilled to be back. Um, when when Mike asked me to do this one, you know, I had to stop for a moment. I'm thinking, like, I, I don't really know how much Conan O'Brien merchandise there is out there. Like, how, like what, like 15 minutes at most, you know, maybe? I, I don't know. But um, there's not a lot of Conan O'Brien canon, right? Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, we're doing Conan the Multimedia Barbarian. Now, I want to say at the outset here, um, I'm, I'm not going to go through all of the Howard stuff. I mean, if you, do, if you don't know all of that by now, then I don't know what to tell you. So uh, what we're going to explore uh, here is actually Conan, the character's life past Howard and uh, in many different media. Now, this is not going to be an exhaustive look. It's going to be an, you know, uh, an overview of everything. But I think it's going to be pretty fun because he actually ends up in many different things. And uh, I learned a few things uh, going through this. I'm, I'm a huge pop culture kid, and, and I really love it. Uh, and especially like merchandise, tie-in merchandise. And uh, I think there's some really kind of uh, cool stuff here. Um, one thing really quick, uh, to, uh, here's a cheap trick on my part to get everybody to stay through this. If you stay through this at the very end, I'm going to tell you something about myself that very few people know. So that, that, that's, that's like the cheap trick to, guy, to get you to stay through the, through the whole thing. So onward to Hyboria. So, uh, either the first or one of the first things that was uh, a Conan beyond Howard's works was that he ended up in comic books. Now, I'm sure you're probably going to say, yeah, you know, Marvel Comics really popularized, you know, Conan in comic books. But it actually was the 1950s when, when Conan first appeared in comic books, yet unauthorized. Everything else that we're going to be looking at tonight is authorized, but he actually <laughs> jumped outside of Howard's works in an authorized way. He ended up in comic books printed in Mexico. Um, now, that was in 1952 uh, in a comic book called, and I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher some uh, Spanish here, Cuentos de Abulido was the name of the comic book. And they did an uh, a adaptation of Lorena de la Costa Negra, which is, of course, the queen of the black coast. Um, that seems to happen a lot in, in comic books published in Central or South America, that there was a lot of unauthorized stuff. And I think it was because before the age of the Internet that stuff like that could fly under the radar and, and the publishers in the United States 
you know, or whatever, would never really know. Um, there was a lot of that for uh, Planet of the Apes comics uh, in, in Central and South America, where there was whole stretches of unauthorized stuff. So what I have up here, though, is, um, so it was originally 1952, uh, it, that it was in that ongoing series that they did that adaptation, but then they reprinted it uh, in 1958, where it actually became its own series for Queen of the Black uh, Coast, and it actually ran for quite a while. They did an adaptation of that story, but then they started to do uh, other stories, and here's uh, two covers from that. So I thought that was really, really funny, like the very first time that the, the character gets an expansion past Howard, and it, and <laughs> it was illegal. So, of course, then we're going to jump to, to Marvel's. Um, I can't state the importance of, of Marvel comics in the, with the character of Conan. So, you, as many of you probably know, Roy Thomas, uh, writer, uh, really ch uh, championed um, the addition of Conan to the Marvel line of books. He really pushed for it. He really, really believed in it. Um, they did so many different titles, but I'm just going to show you a few right now. There was the main book, which was, of course, Conan the Barbarian. That ran from 1970 to 1993. There was 275 issues and 12 annuals of that book. I mean, that's how popular that book was. And, I mean, we could sit here for all night and go through the, the artist's uh, alone that were part of this book. Um, they also did one of their black and white uh, magazine-sized uh, books, uh, Savage Sword of Conan. Uh, that started in 1974 and ran to 1995. 235 issues of that. I mean, those are some healthy runs there. Um, and then among other ones, they also did King Conan, and I believe that, that at one point the title changed to Conan the King. Why, why that was. And that ran from 1980 to 1989. So after Marvel had a long run uh, with the license, the license actually then went to Dark Horse Comics. Not as well known as the, as the Marvel stuff, um, but um, they actually had seven series. And, and just like Marvel was adapting actual stories from uh, uh, Howard, and then also new ones too, um, Dark Horse did a lot of ad uh, adapting of the stories. Uh, so uh, I didn't put up all seven, but uh, they had a series just called Conan that ran from 2004 to 2008. That was 50 issues, which is, again, a, a pretty healthy run. Uh, Conan the Sumerian, uh, which ran from uh, 08 to 2010, and that was 25 issues. Uh, and then uh, Conan the Slayer was another one. They did a lot of one-shots uh, also. And what they also did is they republished a lot of the Marvel stuff. Anytime that a new company got the license, they were allowed to republish what the previous companies did because Marvel would not own all of that. That would still fall under uh, the, the, you know, the license so that they were allowed to do that. And then I love this. So Marvel had their chance, Dark Horse had their chance, and then it went back to Marvel again. Um, and uh, that was from 2018 up until last year, 2022. Uh, they uh, revived the title Conan the Barbarian uh, from uh, 2019 to 2021. 25 issues. 
Um, they uh, revived the Savage sort of Conan title. What they also did was something pretty unique and maybe kind of controversial among uh, you know Howard purists is they actually got the blessings to put Conan into the actual Marvel Universe. And he appeared uh, first in a title called Savage Avengers, where he was among characters like Wolverine and the Punisher and, and Venom. I just love that. I think that's the greatest thing. Um, he actually somehow ended up in the Savage Land. And if you, if you know Marvel Comics, that's the, uh, the uh, temperate... Uh, a hidden land in, in the Antarctic, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, he ran into Wolverine down there, and they, they of course fought, you know, there was a misunderstanding, and they fought, and then uh, stopped fighting, and then Conan joins this offshoot of the Avengers, I, I mean, like, only in comic books, right? So, that brings us up to today, and yet another company now has the license. In fact, I really love this. Titan, which is a UK publisher, the book literally came out on Wednesday, this Wednesday, their very first uh, Conan the Barbarian number one. So, if you want to get in on the ground floor of the new era of Conan comic books, They'll have it right now at Comic Shop. In fact, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe somebody out here uh, has it. <clears throat> so that's his life in comics. And then, of course, we go to uh, the films. Um, as we all well know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, became Conan in 1982 uh, with a pretty big, you know, movie. Um, I thought this was interesting. I was looking down the list of characters, and uh, the, the female character in the movie is Valeria. And I was kind of looking into it. So uh, Howard had a character, Valeria, but interestingly enough, the, in the movie character is said to be a combination of the original Valeria and then uh, Bit Bilit, and I hate, I hate to say it, am I pronouncing that correctly? You know what's funny is you go years and years and years and you see things in print and you never, sometimes you don't hear them or if you're not sure if you're hearing them right, it's like, you know, Magneto and Magneto. Um, it also had Thulsa Doom, but we already kind of went over that. Um, uh, there was a first original script for the first Arnold movie that was based on the original story, Rogues in the House, uh, but that didn't make it to the screen. It was the second script, which was actually uh, took elements from Black Colossus and A Witch Shall Be Born. I don't know if a lot of people realize that there were actual, you know, Howard elements uh, that, that went into those. Um, the movie spawned a sequel in the middle there, Conan the Destroyer in 1984. Uh, Roy Thomas had a, a, a bigger part in, in getting that to the screen. And, and you're, if you're wondering why I have Call the Conqueror up here, um, there was actually supposed to be a third Arnold movie. Uh, and there was a script made, but uh, Arnold was committed to doing the first Predator movie and they didn't go ahead with making a third Conan movie with him. But, uh, but this is uh, fascinating to me. They repurposed the script, and it became the Cull movie with Kevin Sorbo, who played Hercules on TV. Am I right, Hercules? Uh, and he became Cull the Conqueror. But that, that didn't have anywhere near the you know, impact or, or popularity of the, of the Conan movies. 
I want to insert this in here because uh, there were novelizations, and I said I wasn't going to talk about books, but these books are they, they was they didn't reprint Howard material for for the books to attach them to the first two movies. This is really fascinating. The Conan the Barbarian uh, book has a really interesting writer's pedigree. It actually is credited to three writers. It's accredited to Elspag de Camp, Catherine Crook de Camp, and Lynn Carter. If that's not the most amazing thing, like those three kind of came together to produce that novel. And if I'm not mistaken, Catherine didn't get actually credited uh, for that, but it, but she, she actually did um, provide work for it. And then this is also pretty cool. In 1984, for the Conan of the Destroyer novelization, it was actually written by Robert Jordan, who would go on to huge uh, popularity in the fantasy uh, genre for his Wheel of Time series. Um, so I, I would say both of those novelizations are pretty um, important and and ones that, you know, people would want to seek out. So, going back to the films, so we go from all the way from 1984 to, we jump to 2011, and uh, the Conan, uh, the Barbarian movie with Jason Momoa, who is currently Aquaman. How much longer he'll be Aquaman in the movies, who who knows? Um, what, would you say maybe kind of controversial among Conan fans, maybe not very well received. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Good. I, I, I'm asking. I'm not saying now. Remember, remember I said that. Okay. <laughs> um, and um, whether or not you've heard this, there was actually plans for Arnold to come back to the character. Uh, they were going to make the Legend of Conan, and that was supposed that was talked about in 2012. And then he did this little thing where you may have heard about it. He became governor of California, and they, yeah, they didn't move ahead on, on that at all. So we could have gotten another Conan movie. I think that would have been really interesting with the age that he you know, was then uh, to play the, you know, basically King Conan, I, I guess. <clears throat> so let's move from films to television. I, somebody is not. Somebody's going to be surprised out there, and somebody's not going to be surprised out there. I didn't really know much of anything at all about the character's leap to the small screen, uh, and I assumed when I started looking into it that okay, well, it's just going to be animated stuff. So the very first TV series with Conan was Conan the Adventurer. That was 1992 to 1993, uh, and there was 65 episodes. Of that, uh, and in that he was up against the Serpent Men uh, mostly. Then uh, in 1994, there was a spin-off of Conan the Adventurer called Conan and the Young Warriors. There, what? Do you know? You know what? I didn't write it down. I saw it. I'm, I'm sorry. I do know who it is in the in the in the. Just hang on. Would you? Okay, do you want to come up here and do this? So, so there was, it, um, 65 episodes of the first one, the spinoff only had 13 episodes. <laughs> then, a few years later, 1997, and I, I really, I mean, if I had heard of this, I don't even know, I forgot it or whatever. 
an actual live-action Conan series, but using the title of the first animated series, Conan the Adventurer, and it was Ralph Muller who uh, played the role, and 22 episodes, and it is, it's said that, that it pretty much diverged widely from the actual character, but it does exist, and if you want, want to seek it out somehow... <laughs> It was the was the voice of the. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, this I absolutely love because this hits me where I lived when I was a kid. Is is Power Records? Yeah. So so it was Peter Pan Records and Power Records, um, and they they did so many different cool things. Um, I actually used to own an LP of. There was an Invisible Man TV series, but there was an, the Gemini Man. They actually had like a... An, Power Records had an LP of original Gemini Man stories. They, this is really cool. They did an LP of original Conan stories. There's four original stories on this record, two on each side. Mind boggles. Then... They did the the traditional, and this is what I had a lot of when I was a kid. But it, I had the like Marvel ones and DC ones. I didn't have a Conan one, Conan the Barbarian. And this is where you get it's a comic book and a record, and you literally you read along, you know, and then you get to the page, you go boom, you know, when you turn the page. Cool little fact about this: that was at the time that came out, 1976. It was a 45 RPM uh, record. That was original to that book and record. A lot of the other ones were just really kind of condensations of existing Marvel and DC comics. That was original at the time. So that was 1976. Four years later, Marvel actually took that comic book and reprinted it as Conan the Barbarian number 116. <laughs> I'm assuming, and I don't really know this for a fact, I'm assuming they probably expanded upon it a little bit because those stories weren't that long, maybe, and they, I don't know, they were kind of on the juvenile side, although, you know, it's like the animated TV shows, how you do a juvenile Conan story, I, I don't know. Does everybody know that this existed? Huh? Yeah. All right, I'm just going to let this sink in for a moment, okay? <laughs> so, this was called officially The Adventures of Conan, A Sword and Sorcery Spectacular. And I get a kick out of the idea that the term sword and sorcery was actually pushed out to the general public, you know, with, with this show. I, it's, just, it's just a funky title. This was done at Universal Studios Hollywood from 1983 to 1993. It ran 10 years. It was about 18 minutes long, and it was based on the 82 Arnold movie. And it did feature Conan... And Red Sonia together in it. So I have no idea if there's like if they ever like filmed it or you know what is it the whole the whole thing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Or so maybe it was like maybe it wasn't like an official filming of it. Oh, 
okay. So, but if you, so, if you want to catch a glimpse of this this thing, um, <laughs> but but I, I, from what I understand, it was pretty spectacular. I mean, it was like a laser show, and they had these gigantic sets. You know, the bad guy and explosions and fight, sword fighting, and you know all all of that stuff. So if you want to seek it out, it's. As he says, it's there. Um, I just think that's amazing. Um, all right, so let's move on to the games. So we're going to start with the with the board games. Um, so when I mean board games, I'm talking more like what they would call strategy games, no, not role-playing games. We're going to get to that. Uh, in 2009, there, uh, Fantasy Flights, the company Fantasy Flights, did one called Age of Conan. And then in 2016, uh, a group called Monolith did one that was just called Conan. And if I get this right, they actually did a Kickstarter uh, to, to do that one. Yes. Yeah, I love the box art on these. I mean, I think it's just really spectacular. So then we move to the role-playing games. There is tons of Conan role-playing game material. I mean, I was just blown away about how much stuff there was. I mean, we couldn't pos- I mean, we'd have to have an entire talk, literally, or two talks just on role-playing stuff. He first appeared in role-playing material back in this, oh, well, in, I'm sorry, in the 70s. I wrote, I wrote that down wrong, didn't I? Yeah, I wrote that down wrong. That, where he was in a supplement called God, I can't even read that Gods, demigods, yeah, and, and heroes. So he's only just kind of like part of that or, or, or mentioned in it. It took a little while. So in uh, 1985, they actually had official Advanced Dungeons & Dragons Conan material where he was the whole thing. They had uh, three supplements, uh, and then this is two of them. So this is... CB1 and CB2. And as you can see, they were really, you know, hitting hard on the Arnold, you know, stuff. But these were actual full adventures that you could play with the uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons rule, rules. Um, there was uh, GURPS Conan, um, which was made by the Steve Jackson Company. And GURPS was generic universal role-playing system where they had their own system, but then they had uh, books that you can buy that you could adapt that system to all these different things. And they did do Conan. Uh, in, that was in 1989. In, in, okay, that's in the middle, sorry. Uh, and then uh, Mongoose in 2004 did Conan, the role-playing game. And this is where it gets really incredible. They had almost 40 separate supplements to it. I mean, they produced a lot. TSR didn't get anywhere near that uh, amount of stuff, but uh, uh, Mongoose had almost 40 supplements, and they uh, adapted a lot of works, uh, a lot of different uh, titles that Conan fans would be uh, familiar with in their material. Uh, Let's see. Modifius in 2017 is the current Conan role-playing game um, that's still being produced, and there's more than two dozen supplements that they've done so far. Yes? Yeah, that license just expired. A couple of Did it? Okay, all right. My, my uh, information's a, a little old. Um, 
I wanted to throw this in here that in the middle... Oh, no, 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 wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> That's one of the things that they did is they did an actual dice set. You know, you use... If you're not familiar with role-playing games, it uses special dice more than just the six-sided dice. But they, uh, they did an actual... Like, you could buy a set of the dice to use that was actually themed with Conan. Oh, and then Conan the Wanderer was, was one of the supplements that they did... Okay, so miscellaneous games. Um, in 1995, the uh, company called Cards, uh, with a Z on the end, tried to do a collectible card game of Conan uh, called Hyborian Gates. Uh, it, altogether, there were 460 different cards, but I love this. Uh, it's considered very dull. It was like a flop. They like literally did like a basic core set, and I think there was a few promo cards. And and that's it. it. You know how how you can make Conan dull? I, I don't know, but these people succeeded in doing that. This is really fascinating. If you thought that if you thought the stunt show was was fascinating, Hyborian War uh, was made by a company called Reality Simulations in nineteen. It started in nineteen eighty five, and it's <laughs> this is so ancient uh, of an idea. Play by mail. Yes. Crazy crazy thing. It's still active, or unless somebody proves me wrong. Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Okay. But now you can play it through email. But from what I understand, I think you can still play it through snail mail. But literally, that's the when it began, you sent in forms in the mail, and you had to wait for their computer system back then to tabulate things or whatever. And Huh? What? Okay, eventually it became computer, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, but yeah, then it would have been manual at first. Imagine, you know, the patience you'd have to... But it must be, it must be more than dull if it's literally still active to this day. So that was 1985. Uh, okay, so, wow. The video games, I have to give you a brief overview of that. There is and has been so many... Conan video games. It's not funny. So, let's see. What, oh, 1984, Datasoft put out Hall of Volta. Uh, and that was for the Apple II, the Atari 8-bit, and the Commodore 64. <laughs> I love it. So, again, they're hitting hard on the Arnold uh, Conan there. And then, uh, let's see, Mine, Mindscape in 1991 had Mysteries of Time. And then uh, Conan the Sumerian 1991 also um, from Virgin and Synergistics. Oh, okay, the one on the uh, left over there is actually a film tie-in to the 2011, the Jason Momoa film, uh, called Tower of the Elephant, uh, which, you know, it's interesting how many times going through all of this, doing my research, how many times Tower of the Elephant has made a leap from the original story to be adapted. I mean, it must be a really popular story among Conan fans it, that it's been adapted so many different times in so many different ways in, in multimedia. Um, that was for the, for the iOS, I guess. Um, and then in 2017, Conan Exiles from Funcom, and that's for the uh, uh, 
P P. What am I writing? P. Yeah, an Xbox. I don't know that video game stuff. All right. All right. Now we get to. Now we get to my favorite part of this talk. So, Conan made the leap to action figures. Uh, you know, if Power Records where I was where I lived, this is where I lived and slept. Um, so, Mego, the Mego company in 1976 produced the very first Conan action figure. And, and this is amazing. And I remember when this dropped back then, and it seemed to kind of come out of nowhere. Um, they had, they did World's Greatest Superheroes, and they had DC and Marvel characters. Although um, pretty early on, they had Tarzan in there. And I thought, okay, that's maybe a little odd. They wanted to, you know, mix it up a little bit. In 1976, though, they did Conan, and I just love this image in the middle, this promo image or whatever. Like, you know, there's Captain Marvel and Captain America and the Joker and. ISIS, you know, Spider-Man, whatever, Batman, and there's Conan kind of standing over there. The really amazing thing about this is at a time when Mego did reuse lots of accessories and pieces and things to keep costs down and everything, Conan got all original accessories that were designed and made just for the figure. Uh, no other figure before that had any of that uh, stuff. The, the battle axe, the, the wristbands, the belt, um, the little you know loincloth type of thing. And he had rooted hair, um, just like Thor also had rooted hair. And in fact, when he came in the package, it had a, a, a clear plastic band that went down over to hold his hair in place. And of course, you're supposed to take it off. It... <laughs> that... I know that looks pretty funky there. It looks like, you know, he's like a, a, you know, a mom from 1976 or whatever. But once a kid started playing with it, it got messed up pretty quickly and it looked more like, you know, Conan. Later ones, it, the hair got really, really long, almost like as long as uh, Thor's uh, there. So this, I don't know, this is really incredible. He came in boxes. He also came on cards in, in like a, you know, like a blister pack type of uh, two. I never had one, but I always thought it was, you know, pretty cool uh, that they bothered to make him really elaborate like that. Um, Remco came along next. That was uh, in 1984, and they did five different figures uh, they did some bad guys, but if I remember correctly, they didn't adapt any actual, you know, bad guys, villains from the stories. Uh, so, let's see, that was 1984. So, again, they're still, they're still kind of uh, uh, running on that vibe of the Arnold movies, although they're not technically from the Marvel movies. Um, Hasbro came along in 1992. They did 11 different pieces, which included some horses uh, also. Um, they made up, again, they made up a lot of things. They had a couple different Conan figures, but they also had a, uh, a character called Zula, uh, which was uh, like an African-American character, or maybe it was just African, actually. Uh, and then they, you know, they made up some bad guys. But that was that was pretty extensive for it to have eleven different things that you could uh, get at that point. Um, 
We're going to jump now to the McFarlane uh, Toys Company. They did, um, let's see, that was... Oh, okay, that was 2004 to 2005. They did two different series. And now they what they did is they did a bunch of different things. They were doing figures from the Arnold movies. But, cool enough, they actually connected in with the Marvel comics. So this one on the end here in the red box is actually supposed to be Conan off the cover of Conan number one from Marvel Comics. I thought that was pretty cool. This is, at this point, this is like hyper detailed compared to what the action figures were, you know, before that time. Uh, They were really detailed. The articulation really wasn't much, but that's not the way McFarlane was doing characters. They were uh, uh, toys and action figures. They were doing it much more for the, the details rather than worrying about how well uh, they actually moved. Okay, I had to do this. Don't walk out on me. Come on, remember, I have that little... <laughs> that's, that's great. So Funko in 2016 did, did these. And again, it's, it's connecting back in with the Arnold movie. I mean, say what you will about those movies... The, you know the nostalgia about them still continues uh, to this day, and I, you know, so many people at this time still think of Arnold is is Conan, you know. Um, but yeah, they they made three. Di- <laughs> I love the blood spattered one in in the middle. Uh, oh my God, we could be here forever. We go through how many statues and busts there are. I mean, I literally had to sit there and only pick a couple to show because there is just so many official uh, statues or half statues or busts of Conan. And it's literally Conan in just about every different form and version and style that you could possibly ever uh, imagine. I can't imagine collecting Conan busts and statues because it would just be a very, you know, extensive collection. Um, let's let's wrap this up with what I call the other stuff. So we hit a lot of different categories, but we're going to go back right now to Marvel Comics. Uh, in 1974, this ad over here uh, appeared in comic books, and what they were hawking was coins. And as you can see, you know, they did their most popular character, Spider-Man. And then they did one of their, you know, other popular characters, the Hulk. But they did actually make a Conan coin. Um, And you had to, you know, send away for it. Um, I'm sorry I don't have uh, pictures of both sides of it. But I think it's really, really nice. I don't know really, like... I don't think it's they're too expensive today if you want to you know hunt one down. To me, it seemed like there were quite a few of them like on eBay when, when I was looking for them. But it is a really interesting, fun part of, of history and not necessarily a typical avenue for Conan merchandise. What was really cool was I knew this existed and I I'm, I'm started to look it up because I wanted to find out things before it. But I put in like Conan, the Barbarian Coin... So not only did this come up, but there is actually other Conan coins. This, I think, is really, really interesting. This is a company called Shire Post Mint. And this is real recent. They made two sets 
of Conan coins, but what they are is they're supposed to be in-universe coins, or almost like prop coins. Call these up if you're really interested in Conan to take a look at them, because the coins are from different realms in Hyboria, you know, all the different lands or whatever. And they really are nice, you know, two-sided coins. And there's two sets of them. And I, th- I really, like, love stuff like that, like in-universe, you know, type of things. Um, and they didn't look to be that um, expensive. And they are authorized. Okay, and then we're going to hit another place where, whew, my, here's my childhood. <laughs> 7-Eleven Slurpee Cups. Now, I knew there was the one, the one there on the left, so this is 1977. I didn't realize that they did make a second one. When um, uh, Slurpee started doing Marvel and DC cups, they did them where it was a single image on the front, and then you'd turn the cup around, and there would be like a little bit of text, like a headshot and a little bit of text. And usually, I think it was like, you know, it's in a word balloon, and like, I think it's the character actually saying, you know, I am Conan. Um, I knew that that one existed because, again, he would have been under, you know, uh, license to Marvel at that time. A little bit later, 7-Eleven changed it up, and they started doing wraparound images uh, on their Slurpee cups, where literally the image went all the way around. And I found out that there's a Conan, there's a second Conan one. So it, that's the next two images, uh, the main shot of Conan, and then a little glimpse at like how it would wrap around there. Um, Slurpee cups are really, really collectible, and some of them are really, really hard to find. I'm not so sure how readily available the um, the uh, Slurpee cups are though. Come on, laugh at that. What it says. <laughs> Tough room. <laughs> so yeah, there's swords out there. These swords are actually from the like, the, the Arnold movies again, if I'm not mistaken. Um, swords, as you probably well know, is a, is another huge avenue of you know collectibles. So crown count the merchandise even though he doesn't care. And, and that's it. So, th- thank you. Thanks. Thank you. So here's the little thing about me that, uh, that connects in with this, because you've all been pretty good. It didn't look like anybody walked out, because I know you're just dying to know what this is. So. so, true story, full disclosure. I have only... And you'll probably go, oh, yeah, as soon as I say this, you'll go, yeah, I can tell that. I have only ever read one Conan story in my entire life. But I am utterly fascinated by such a huge popular character and how he has spread out through multimedia. So I was very eager to, to do this. I think I might even... You were saying, like, what could we do for Conan? And I said, well, let's do, like, what we did for The Shadow. Turning the mic down here. And because even though I'm not so well versed and steeped in Conan stuff, I was eager to really dip into it because I knew there was a lot out there, 
And, and I was really rewarded when I went down this road because I just love some of the things that I discovered, you know, about like the stage show and the second Slurpee Cup and the Power Records LP, you know, and, and all that stuff. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you very much for, for being patient with me. I, I literally just said I don't know anything about Conan. <laughs> Especially to that point, uh, but you've, you've seen so much Conan-esque things. Yeah. Could you, would, would you mind sharing your thoughts on how Conan has reflected or changed over the times? Because clearly the Conan that was started yeah. was different story aside, but the, the visual or the, the media expression of yeah. Conan has changed. So like things that come to your mind that spark like, oh, this is different then and now. One specific thing is, and I think you can probably see that, is the character has become pretty homogenized to be able to spread out farther you know, into the, the greater world. Um, uh, you know, I think if Robert E. Howard was here right now and sat through this, he would probably be pretty surprised at where his character has gone, but I think he might also be probably not terribly pleased with some of the avenues that, that it's gone to. I mean, if he saw that Mego action figure, I'm not so sure what... <laughs> Some of those statues and busts, he'd probably go, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool, you know. But um, like the, the the power records, the, the you know, the comic books, that that would be hard to say. But I think that they, you know, um, they've had to they've had to water down, you know, what was going on. So that has definitely changed. And, and again, going back to what I was saying about the Arnold movies, that has become what so many people who probably have never read an original Howard story. That's what they think of, you know. In in the same way that um, Adam West is still what people think of as as Batman, you know, to this day, which I don't have a problem with because he's my Batman. But but you know, when those things happen and they become popular for a little while, you know, it's always going to kind of change the character outside of those original works. So yeah, that's what I would say is that is that he you know he's become a little bit more vanilla to be able to be you know digested by the wider audience thank you you're very welcome just thank one, you one more. Uh, not so much a question just a quick comment a few years ago a company by the name of aristocrat actually put out a conan slot machine <laughs> which i've actually played i think i might have seen that as i was going across it okay yeah. Wow. What it, and and was the was it like based on the Arnold or you would think it would be right? Okay. So it was it was more of a and I hate to say this more of a generic Conan that didn't that didn't tie into a film or or anything. Okay. Wow. I'm surprised that there there wasn't literally an Arnold Conan you know pinball machine because I mean they'd probably sell a million of those right. Thanks everybody. You've been listening to a Pulp Event Podcast, brought to you by the PulpNet, your link to the online world of the pulp magazines for over 25 years. 
Learn more about the pulp magazines through articles, blogs, bibliographies, links, over 100 episodes of this podcast, and much more at thepulp.net. Also, look for The Pulp Net on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for listening, and keep reading the pulps. This pulp event podcast is copyright 2023 by William P. Lampkin. All rights reserved.